Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer. Tune in fortnightly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes, and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. And here is your host, Jules White. So hi everyone and welcome to episode three of the Human Conversation. It's so amazing that I am already recording episode three and I can't believe it. And I'm even more excited because this morning's episode is coming from Melbourne in Australia. How exciting is this? Um, And so we are going global so soon which is amazing. Um, But I'm going to be talking to a a wonderful lady who I've actually met on LinkedIn. So back to episode two, where I talked to Eleanor Gould about LinkedIn. This is what happens when you do it properly. You meet amazing people like this. And this is Christina Morell. I hope I've got that. It's actually Morell. Christina Morell. Morell. I do like to get names right. It's very funny that you you said Morell because my husband grew up um, telling people his surname is Morel whenever he had to tell someone and they had to write it down because nobody would know how to spell Morel. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's so true. That's so true. So, Christina, look, listen, so, so great to have you here. I just want to make sure that the, the listeners know that it's seven o'clock in the morning in the UK, so I've only just got up. And I'm having a nice cup of tea. And it's four o'clock in the afternoon over in Melbourne. Yes, that's very true. So it's getting closer to the end of the day here for me. So I'm winding down while you're, you're winding up. And you've just also told me that it's getting quite cold there because you're coming into that winter time yeah. for you. It's absolutely freezing. It's, it's autumn here. Um, but it's, but it, I feel like winter's coming early, which is not a good thing for me because I'm such a, uh, a summer kind of person. <laughs> and we're just starting summer here. So we're quite happy. We've got lots of blossoms and it's getting quite warm. So sorry to make you jealous, but we're all good <laughs> over here. <laughs> so look, t- okay. today we're going to talk about customer experience. Okay. Now we have phrased it that way because my lovely Christina here is going to talk to us about what this really means because there's customer service. Um, but there's customer experience and what we were saying is that customer experience potentially then leads to customer retention and that's kind of the thing and I want to just um, explain or I want Christina to tell us what she does so we know and then we can go into our conversation about this customer experience because it's really exciting to me this links beautifully into sales in my opinion mm-hmm. um, so Christine tell us what you do now in your business um, well you've explained pretty much what I do but I wanted to just backtrack what you were saying about customer experience versus customer service and in my opinion I, I actually think they are two related but different things so I believe customer service is when you're helping customers answer some questions, whether or not, you know, before they want to buy something or after they've purchased a product and they have issues with uh, using the product. So they have questions and they're asking and they want something to be resolved. So I think that's quite narrow and quite specific. Whereas customer experience, I think is very, very encompassing. 
And I, I believe there's three key pillars in customer experience that leads to customer retention. So that's the customer buying experience, the customer product experience, and the customer care experience. I think those three pillars would lead to retention. That's amazing. I love that. You see, the thing about me is I love threes because I have live it, love it, sell it, as I'm sure you've seen on my LinkedIn. And so I love threes. It makes complete sense to me. I can handle three. Um, and, uh, and so I'm really going to enjoy this conversation. Now, I want to also take the conversation to a place of the entrepreneurial space. I know a lot of people who are going to be listening to my podcast are entrepreneurs running their own businesses. So apart from the fact that there's issues around sales where people are a little bit scared and fearful of selling, which we, we sort out, that's fine. We help everyone to fall in love with sales. The customer service piece is incredibly important, in my opinion, in our own little businesses. I think we do it very well generally, but let's talk about what does this experience really mean? And I want to split these three, if you like, where we talk about like, how they apply to us and our business. So what about this buying side? Let's start there. Tell us more about that. So the customer buy, for, so for entrepreneurs, am I assuming that a lot of your listeners are selling their services, professional services, not necessary products? Or I think both? both, Christina, because I've got clients certainly in my group um, and uh, people in my group who sell physical product and I've yep. got people who sell services say coaches like like me so yeah both okay so the customer buying experience the main thing about that is about making buying really easy so removing any friction there is to buying so for example I always think about Domino's right Domino's in the US has 15 different ways to buy a pizza 15 different ways and one of their ways requires zero clicks as in as in if they open an app the particular app and if it remains open for i think 10 seconds the order is triggered the order oh, and it's, wow. paid. So it's ordered and paid so that means there's zero frictions and zero frictions you know means there's zero buying problems there's no barriers to it so the making buying is buying easy with minimal friction is think of all the potential ways or barriers that you even unintentionally put up there that prevents the buyer from just buying from you. The other day I gave an example of my experience with buying Red Rooster. So I had this hankering for chicken wings, right? And I tried uh, to order, order it through um, Menulog, which is a third-party app to order it. It didn't work because it was raining and there was an error message saying, we don't do deliveries <laughs> when it's <laughs> raining. But it's like, well, that's the whole reason why we want you. Yeah. I don't want to go out there. <laughs> so I decided, okay, I'm going to go online and order it. So I went online and everything was going okay. But then it wouldn't let me add my chicken wings to the <laughs> basket. So I'm like, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> But my hankering for chicken wings was just, it just won me over. So I was like, I'm, I'm determined to get these chicken wings. So I thought, I'll call up the local Red Rooster, call them up. And the girl said, I'm sorry, but we can't take your order over the phone. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. She said, you have to order either through online or through the app. 
so I was like um, in tears, just begging her. And finally, she said, "Okay, I'll accept your order, but you have to come and pick it up. We won't. We can't do delivery over over the phone." And so I caved in and I ordered, and I had to, you know, brave the rain and picked up my order. But the point is, how many barriers was there to yeah. for me? to give you red rooster my money so there are you know there are things that um you know you, you may not even realize that there are barriers but mm. there are barriers so you have to mm. kind of map it out map out all the touch points that exist within the customer buying process and see if there are any barriers that's not supposed to be there and and minimize it so that's what i mean by by um the buying experience and and that really adds to it as well so um, if we're not buying necessarily online, let's just give you another type of scenario. So um, I'm a business coach. Um, I have potentially drawn the um, desire in online, but the actual sale potentially I think will be more on a discovery call and in a dialogue. So that kind yeah. of conversation piece. What's different in that, do you feel? Okay, so in that circumstances, it's about uh, giving the information fast as possible. So there's two types of information that, that you can possibly provide to the customer. One is obviously if you're on the phone, if they've, if they've called you up or if it's a communication through a chat, um, any sort of medium, it doesn't really matter, but there's a person behind that on the other side. So that other person needs to provide all the information. So that person needs to have, have to understand the ins and outs of whatever that you're selling. If it's a service, then they need to know everything, how it's, uh, how it's kind of assembled, how you put it together, how it's consulting, the whole process, everything. And so that's number one. One is about having all the information necessary for the person to answer all the relevant questions to the, to the customer or to the client. So the client doesn't have to, potential client doesn't have to call back or, you know, leaving the conversation feeling, oh, I still don't really know this part of the equation. The second part is, is there a way that you can pass the information like a self-serve method so the best self-serve me method would be obviously your website but are there other ways like you know chat box uh, bots uh, you know on on your website or through your facebook uh, are there things that they can download are there other methods that the customer or the client can do it themselves and find out the information themselves so there's two types so so in in this scenario it's about providing all the information necessary so that's phase one. And then, and then you have to make sure that once they're, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for the next phase, I'm ready to, to place my order, is it easy? So perhaps the next phase would be sending a proposal. Yeah. That would be a typical, a typical process. Sure. Sending the but is the proposal easy? As in, um, do they have to read, you know, a, a million page of the documents? Is it easy to understand? And do they then have to print it out and give you a wet signature and scan it back to yeah. you? Or is it more digital and they read it and just one click and it's gone, it's documented and it's simple. So, I mean, that's a really good example of barriers that you don't even think about that exist. I mean, terms and conditions, for example, um, it could be really 
it, it, you can you can phrase terms and condition in a way that nobody understands it, or you can phrase terms and condition in human ways yeah. that anybody could read it and understand it. So that's reducing you know the barrier. Yeah. For potential clients as well. And and I, I love that because I think this is this is the thing. I'm I'm very much an impatient person when it comes to buying. So I want it to be I buy very spontaneously. I do want it to be quite quick and I definitely want to know what I want to know. Um, when I'm when I'm selling and how I teach selling is quite interesting because um, I think these points are great in terms of making sure that everybody knows what they need to know. But then my other point with selling is don't tell everybody everything because they're not interested in everything. Yeah. So it's about, it's a balance this one is. And I think there's great stuff here from you and me. Mm -hmm. If we put those two things together, it's about that whole connection and understanding this client and what their mm -hmm. pain and need is in order to give them the right information that makes that buying process easy. Now, does that kind of make yeah. sense? That's exactly the case. And, and because different people process or work differently, some people, they want to do their own information search and they don't really want to talk to anyone until they're ready to kind of sign on the dotted line. They want to do that because they like that. For some other people, they want to get on the phone or, or communicate directly with another person. And for me, I don't mind if it's on the phone or if it's by a chat function as yeah. long as I'm asking the question and they are giving me the answer straight away yeah. um, I'm the type of person who really I'm bullet point as well I don't want to be don't tell me all the other information that I don't want to know or question I just ask for a just give me a yeah yeah so providing the information in different ways um, and excuses you can't assume what the customer what the potential client wants yeah. so you have to provide the different methods that they are you know available for them yeah totally it's that's great it's a great point and i think you know uh, there's a whole lot of stuff to take in around customer experience it's incredible it's i'm loving this chat because i think it really highlights the depth that we can have with a customer experience and those those pain points for us as a buyer you know it's incredible the proposal and i love that you brought that up because that's a big thing that I work with um, from a sales perspective because you know how many of us get proposals that are 20 25 30 pages long telling us stuff we actually don't want to know you know we just want to know this this and this and one of the things I do with my clients is I say why not ask your client how they would like to see the proposal because, you know, straight away, what's happening there is that they're telling you the things they want to see in that proposal. It's like magic. Okay, I might actually now only need three or four, maybe five pages of proposal. Fantastic. Um, and then when they get it, they're going to read it in the way that they want to see it. I think that's really, really super customer experience. So proposals are a huge piece, I think. Yeah. Huge. And just, and just um, make it into human language as well yeah. i used to work in the utilities industry uh, when it was first decentralized all the t's and c's and all the documentations were my god you need to you need a phd to yeah. be able to understand it and then sign it so there was a whole movement to kind of just humanize that just transform the t's and c's, t's and c's into q and a's 
Yeah. Human does, like they ask questions and you and the answer's there. Yeah. But the other thing uh, we made changes as well was in the very first page of the, the contract was basically, these are the key things you need to know. It was like just bullet point. Yeah. You're changing retails. Yep, that's the main point <laughs> from here to here. You know, just bullet point. And I think in proposals should be the same. Like don't, don't try to bury anything. Just do it really bluntly. And one of the exercises, like as a marketing, as a marketer and a, and a communications background, I, uh, I'm trained to write or communicate as, um, as, as if I'm speaking to uh, a nine-year-old. So just bringing it down to the basics, like if you're trying to explain something to a nine-year-old, would they get that? And if they don't mm -hmm. get that, that means you're being too complicated. Yeah, I love that. Brilliant. I mean, a top tip, isn't it, really, when you think about it? Would your nine-year-old child understand exactly what you're about to say? <laughs> I'd love that. That's great. Okay, so let's move on to product because obviously we haven't, we've only got really half an hour together and I, I could probably talk to you, I think, for maybe three hours at least <laughs> about this stuff because I'm very passionate about that whole customer experience. But product, so obviously, you know, some of our uh, listeners will have, a tangible product that you can touch and feel some of us will have a service that we provide that we package into a product and um, so what do we want to know about customer experience with regard to product with a product so this is all about uh, while the customer is consuming what you've got to offer so let's say if it's a physical product well did the product do what it's supposed to do yeah. number one point right and how did it make the customer Feel while they were doing it. Yeah. If it's a service space, service is, is a little bit more. So if you have an office, an office as well, even if you provide service, yeah. your office, your surroundings is part of that product or service experience. Yeah. What your office looks like, what your staff is like as well, if you have reception or if your other consultants are walking past. So the whole in physical environment is part of that um, product slash service experience as well. You have to think about that. So it's not only what they're actually consuming while they're consuming you. So, you know, while you're, you're having that dialogue with them and while you're helping them through, what, what are, you know, whatever phases that could be, you know, from briefing them, sitting down, briefing, briefing with them, what was that experience like for the customer? Was it enjoyable? Did you ask really unnecessary questions? Like, did you probe enough? So the experience of that one-on-one -on -one to get all the information needed from the client, the environment of your office um, is, is important. The mannerism of the staff um, is also important. The de decor uh, of, you know, the office, yeah. what messages does that say? Yeah. And it's not to say you need an office. No. What I'm saying is if you do have an office, you've got to be mindful that that office is actually sending a message, a hidden message about who you are, what you are, and your brand to that client and you've got yeah. to be aware that it has to be consistent to the oh, brand. that's it's so true and um i i mean i've spent many years on the road as you might have probably gathered from some of my posts christina um, and i've gone into many 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 receptions waiting for meetings and the reception was the place where you just got a whole picture of what this company was like it was part of my sales process was almost that reception bit where i would be able to look at some sometimes 
certificates, awards they've won. Um, like you say, how was the receptionist presented? How did she greet me? All of that is that customer experience. And I also worked in a venue for five years. So this is like the hospitality side of business. So, you know, how did people feel when they'd actually come into our venues? And we did a huge amount of feedback there. And, you know, yeah. the most interesting thing is you could run this really wonderful, amazing conference for them. And yet the complaint would be the coffee wasn't great. Yes. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And, you know, and, and you just <laughs> think, oh, my goodness. And so it really is important, all this fine detail. And whilst yeah. I know that some of the entrepreneurs listening won't have an office, you know, sometimes I don't know how you feel, but I know we talked about the buying experience in terms of touch points, but your website is kind of your office and your, your front window, isn't it? Do you think that kind of kicks in a bit here? Oh, it does. Look, the website is important for, I think, um, every stages of the customer experience. So we were touching on it before, even from the, um, the buying experience that you need to have information for self-serve information or chats that someone can just quickly chat with someone if they have a question um, but it's it's definitely um, important for the buying for example is there like a login section specifically for the for the clients I don't know but if there is then what what kind of experience are you going to offer them is it really hard to log in you know it, it doesn't break down all the time does it have all the information and all the templates all the tools that they can easily um, download in mm, as well because mm. if you're providing that kind of service as an intranet then that hub that is an experience yeah you know, totally yeah and and aesthetically when you come to a website I think as well you know how it yes. looks you suddenly make a judgment whether this company is professional or unprofessional yes. from that look of the website well that exactly because that is your office you know, yeah very much about that yeah um, the other thing I was going to say is, yes, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that doesn't have an office, but your choice of where you're going to meet is important. It's, it, that is your recommendation. Like, you know, you have to think about, um, is it a noisy place? Is it a cold place? You have to think about that because it's your virtual office. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter that you're meeting at a cafe. Just make sure it's a good place that you can actually have a good meeting. Oh my goodness. I love that one. Totally. Cause I don't, I don't think people do always think about these things. That's just such a great thing to put in there. Christina, thank you for that one. I like and the time that. Of the day, and thank you. And the time of day as well. Like I would avoid um, having lunch meetings because it's, it's lunch meetings. Okay. If you're along the track, yeah. if it's a catch up, but if it's a meeting where you really have to talk about important stuff, having food is a distraction and you can't really talk <laughs> while you're eating. Yeah. Coffee's fine, but can you imagine you're having like a, a detailed presentation the food's coming out? And <laughs> so, the time of the day is important. I think that's such a good point. It really is. Okay, so look, we've covered the whole buying experience, the touch points, making it as mm -hmm. easy as possible to actually buy something from you mm -hmm. we talked about products which i loved that bit i wasn't quite sure what would come out of that and i think that was really interesting because product is just everything about you right from your shop window your service yeah and um, how you greet your customers your environment everything mm -hmm. that you do mm -hmm. where you meet for coffee not lunch <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Great. So the last part's care in terms of your three mentions. Tell us about mm -hmm. care. So 
care is, I think, the care, customer care experience is something I believe most brands do not do very well. Mm. Most brands or many people will think customer care is like the warm and fuzzy kind of thing. But you think about it, you think about it in terms of, say, your personal relationship. If you were in a relationship and the other person didn't care about you or you didn't feel like they cared about you, would you stay? Unlikely. Why would you stay? And that's actually no different whether it's a, you know, a, 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 a customer or a client because at the end of the day, it's a human-to-human relationship that you have. Mm. So if you don't demonstrate care to the recipient, to the customer or the client, they're not going to stay with you. So mm. the customer care experience is about, yes, all the human things. It's about being present. So really being present. When you've got a meeting with someone, be present. You know, turn off your phone, ignore your phone, just be present. The eye contact, you know, don't keep looking around and just really focus on the person in front of you and really listening with your ears and your eyes and all those things and just be really human, be, being being kind, being genuine about it, being genuinely helpful, come from the heart. How can I help this person? Whatever it is. And sometimes it may not be related to the actual job that you're trying to do. But you can obviously maybe you can obviously see that that they're distracted for some reason. So maybe spend a couple of minutes just just asking if they're okay. Yeah. You know, just being human about it. Yeah. Um, and the amazing thing what happens when you show compassion and being human and being genuine and giving them the proper time and not rushing things through, it's amazing how appreciative they feel about you. So that's a, that's all that's that's what the customer care experience about it's about how you're making that other person feel yeah all about feel and so how about things like here's one thing for me getting back to people when they perhaps messaged you or emailed you is this in that category absolutely because it makes how does it make them feel like yeah if if they've contacted you and you've left that to a few days how does it make them feel because because the customer care experience is probably the easiest one to relate to because you can turn it for yourself you can go how would I feel if someone if I left a message for someone and they didn't contact me back even if Mm. they don't know the answers Mm. I would still appreciate it if they if they contacted me back in a very reasonable time frame to say got your message I don't know the answer, but I'm following it up. And then just keep a tab on that, making sure that they that they know that you haven't ignored them. Yes, exactly. And I've got a client recently and some of my work, we have quite big gaps in between. I'm doing some workshop work for him. Um, and so we've got a few gaps in between and I make sure I just send him a little email, not all the time it's just maybe a couple in between the workshops just saying hi how are things I haven't forgotten you or this came up it's really interesting and you know what he loves it and the feedback Mm -hmm. I get from him because because he knows I'm still there you know this is this is the thing isn't it it's like you haven't disappeared off the face of the earth it's just a even just a short email hi thought about you today saw this article thought I'd send you that whatever it might be um, I think you need to maintain that contact so that they know you're still there I find that's a really big one for me oh absolutely I, th- I think that's a big one for any business in any types of industry but it's almost like strip back to where it used to be decades ago kind of scenario mm. like mm. the good old-fashioned 
type of services, like strip it right back. What did they used to do when they didn't have, um, you know, the mobile phone that now acts like everything? Like, yeah. you know, what they used to do, you know, if they used to send you handwritten messages and thank you cards and notes and, you know, and pop by and just, you know, gave you something because they remembered you said something. Yeah. Um, just kind of like old the old-fashioned ways. I, I'm... I'm advocating for the old-fashioned ways. Well, me, me too. <laughs> yes, so, I know. Yes, you, know. you and me. We'll start a, let's start a movement. <laughs> yeah, and, and obviously, you know, my dad, the story around my yeah. dad, and, and people will get to know that because I will always talk about my fabulous dad. But yes. it's where I first learned about sales and customer service uh, or the yes. customer experience. And we should call yes. it that because that's what he provided. He knew yes. everyone's name. He knew what they were having as they walking through the door, you know, the regular customers, it was ready on the counter. That yes. kind of stuff is just magic. And everybody knew dad, everybody, he ran the news agents. So everybody knew him. Yes. And everybody loved him for that, that they knew, yes. knew, knew them too, you know, that he knew them too. So, so that was really, really amazing. I love, I love how um, a lot of the kind of the old fashioned entrepreneurs or business owners, they're so intuitive. They're yeah. so intuitive. Like you don't even have to teach them anything. It's just intuition. Well, that's, yeah. that's what you do. That's yeah. how you treat a customer or a client. That's just what you do naturally. And so I love that. And nowadays I feel like we have to kind of remind people or teach people that that's what you should do. Mm. Do you There's think that's, that's lost? Yeah, do you think that's because a lot of our world is online and so we don't have this connection like we used to or do you think there's something else has happened? I don't know. I, I was asking this question the other day and I, I don't know what it is, whether it's a generational thing. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. I don't know if it's a technology thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I, it could be a combination of everything. But it's something is... is definitely true is that it seems to be a lost art yeah um, just the old ways of, of, of doing things yeah so let's get it back let's yeah. te let's teach it again let's get it going again so i mean i just want to finish on a, a little story from last night because we went to a very well-known pizza chain last night because i was very kindly given some vouchers um, and so Sam and I trotted off um, to this place where the last time we went, we had the most amazing customer experience. You know, there was a few little things went a little bit wrong. The lady was amazing. She, she was very attentive. She sorted everything out. She also told us about an offer we could get when we came to pay the bill. So we actually got the bill for cheaper. So, I mean, that, there was a whole great experience went on. So we went back again last night. For the same to the same place we got the same lady serving us so we thought we were we were very happy we thought we're going to have yeah. a great experience and we didn't have a good experience oh. and it was really sad because i don't think it was to do with her i think she was just too busy and you know the way it was all managed she couldn't give us the attention she'd been giving us before oh. Our order was late coming. You know, there was a lot of stuff around it where we, we felt really flat when we left. And I think yeah. the point to that story is that if you give this great customer experience, you have to consistently give oh. this customer experience. Yes, you are spot on. So the three pillars of customer experience, there are two common elements that, that threads throughout those three pillars is consistency and monitoring. 
because you can't be consistent if you can't monitor. Yeah. And you have to be consistent and monitor those three different types of customer experience. I love, love, love this. Um, and I think this has been such a great conversation, a human conversation. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, I think we have to take this very seriously. There's a huge amount of competition out there, whether we're entrepreneurs working on our own or whether we're even big companies. You never know, there may be some big companies listening to this or people who work for big companies. This stuff is just so important. It can't be ignored. It's critical. Yes. Um, and it links beautifully into sales in my mind. I want everything about sales to feel like this. It needs to be part of that whole experience. So I have loved speaking to you, Christina. Oh, thank you, Jules. It's been, this has been good. You've made it. <laughs> you made it feel very at home. <laughs> I want to make sure that people can find you. So what we'll do is we'll put some links with this when, we, uh, mm -hmm. when I put it into uh, SoundCloud where we're currently hosting the podcast and hopefully other places as we grow. Um, but I'll make sure that they know who you are and how to find you because you've had been wonderful today, giving us lots of golden nuggets, which has been <laughs> super. Um, and obviously just to remind everybody that, you know, this is the human conversation. It's uh, run by me, Jules White. I'm passionate about sales, helping everybody to fall in love with selling. And I'm currently going around, uh, certainly the UK, sadly not Australia yet, Christina, but the UK, I am running my Live It, Love It, Sell It workshop. So um, I could easily be in a town near you really soon with that. So you get to meet me face to face. So thank well done, you. <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank you so much. Um, so thank you for listening to The Human Conversation. And we will be back really soon with episode four. And I can't even wait to tell you who's going to be on that. I've got a huge list of amazing guests lined up talking about some really fabulous stuff but for today we have had an amazing human conversation Christina thank you so so much I've been delighted to meet you today thank you so much for having me Jules see you soon you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with Jules White if you enjoyed the show please let her know on our Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash Compassio Coaching.